Corner Church family. All right, turn to the book of John. We're about to start today. We'll see how far we get. Um, but John chapter 1, and we will, we'll start off with the first five verses, if we get that far. Uh, but a little intro last week, we talked about John writing his gospel. It's different than the other three, the synoptic gospels. Uh, that it doesn't have Jesus' birth, uh, a lot of the miracles and different stories, uh, that John is very specific. And his purpose that we saw at the end of chapter 20, uh, the last two verses, was that John wanted to make sure that the people he wrote to back in the day and us today understood that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God, right? Pretty simple. We all kind of, if I, you know, took a vote right now, Probably all have our hands up. We believe Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. But there's so much more to that. Uh, We talked about believe, and we're going to be talking about believing through the entire rest of this book. Because there's something to make a statement that, yes, I believe that Jesus is Christ, I believe he's the Son of God, and then to actually live that out. Uh, To where our faith, our life has radically changed. Not just our, our eternal life, you know, our ticket to heaven, but it affects who we are today. It affects who we are as we leave this building today. It affects who we are as we go into the rest of this week, this month, the rest of our life. Because if Christ is Lord of our life and our Savior, our life is going to be radically different. So read with me John 1, and we'll read verses 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, John just goes right to it. I mean, he and James must have hung out a lot uh, because he's just getting right to, look, here's who Jesus is. Okay, we find out in verse 17 that the word is Jesus. The word became flesh. Uh, Christ to, to dwell among us, to be the incarnate God, fully God, fully man. So we know that John begins this gospel saying, look, in the beginning was Jesus. Uh, and that, that phrase, in the beginning, takes us even back to Genesis. Genesis 1.1 says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there was this, this statement about who God is, John uses that similar phrase of in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus. Uh, In the beginning, God created. Therefore, God existed before our timeline of creation. John uses in the beginning was the word. We're going to see that Jesus was also before creation and is with God and is God. So taking a look at both of these, Moses begins Genesis 1-1 with confronting us with the majesty of God. Okay, in the beginning, God. Okay, you can't argue that, by the way. You can't argue, well, does God exist? You know, let's really dig into this. Uh, Let's talk about does God exist. And John is using, in the beginning was the word. Well, did Jesus really exist? Like, they don't open up for discussion. It's a statement. It's a statement that's going to be proven. It's a statement that we've got to believe, that God is Almighty God, and the majesty of Genesis 1-1 is what John uses to show us and begin to give us a picture of the majesty of Christ. 
uh, and in his glory. And so we have this, these two statements that are just statements, but there's power in those statements. And John uses that to describe who Jesus is. John wants us to stand in awe of Jesus as God and the one who reveals the unseen God to us just as a word shows an unseen thought. So let's kind of look at the word, word, uh, logos in the Greek is what is used. And John probably had two different um, audiences in mind because logos was used in Jewish teachings in Hebrew. The word of God was a real thing. Like there was power of who God is, almighty God in Hebrew writings with the statement word of God. And when God spoke, the world came into being. When a prophet spoke the word of the Lord, there was power, there was authority in the word of God. And then you have that the word of God had purpose. Uh, the, the statement from God, this word, logos, who we're going to see is Jesus. Turn with me to Isaiah 55, 11. Because God spoke and things happened. We see this in Genesis. God spoke and the world came into being. There's purpose with the word that God used and gave us. And we're going to, you know, we're talking the word as Christ, but we also have the word of God, the Bible. Uh, there is power and authority in scripture. But turn with me to Isaiah 55, 11. Says this, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So here's in Hebrew, God saying, look, what I say is going to happen. It's going to accomplish its mission. It's going to succeed at what I've, I've said that it will succeed at. Well, that's Jesus, right? Christ as Logos, the word came and accomplished his mission, didn't he? He gave, came to live among us, to, to serve us, uh, to show us who Christ is in the flesh, and then ultimately to die for our sins, and then to rise again to conquer death. He succeeded in the purpose that he came for. So here's this picture of Logos in the Jewish teachings in Hebrew. And then look at the Greek teaching, teachings. Uh, Greek philosophers saw the word Logos as power that, that puts reason or sense into the world. Okay, kind of gives order to the chaos in creation. So the Greeks were trying to, to create this philosophy, this idea that there was logos that helped keep order, kept keep reason in what was going on in the, in the universe. Plato used logos for the divine force and structure of the universe that brought together matter, logic, harmony, order. So logos was kind of the power that kept every, the universe together without everything falling apart. And they saw Logos as the ultimate reason, the ultimate reasoning of, of things to, to be in order. So now take this and put it through the filter that John had in writing this as the Jewish teachers uh, and prophets read this, as the Greek philosophers read this, these first couple of verses in John. Here is this look at, at Logos that depicts Jesus Christ as the eternal, powerful, true God who created the, the world, who created all things, and also 
was the ultimate reasoning and the things that keep things in order, keep this universe in order. It's Christ. It's Jesus. And that was John's purpose. Turn with me to Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17. Here's a two verses, kind of gives us the, this idea of Christ as creator, but also Christ as the one who has power and dominion over this world and who has the, the power and the almighty um, the almighty deity that, that keeps things in order. So Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. By the way, look at verse 3. We'll get there maybe. Um, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. <clears throat> so here, even in Colossians, is this picture of Christ giving authority over creation and being the one who creates. And so those reading in John's time kind of got this idea of what logos, the word, what, it, what the purpose was. Um, and then ultimately he describes the word as Jesus. Now the word logos also is, is word. Okay, if I'm, I'm giving you a lot of words right now, how many are taking notes? I'm just kidding. Um, in your head, in your, in your heart, I know. But I'm giving you words, okay? I'm giving you thoughts that I've worked on for a long time in my words to give you something for you to understand, uh, to give you a concept, to give you a thought that I've had, um, preferably a thought the Holy Spirit had to give you today, not me. I want to be out of the way. But with Logos, word, there's something I'm giving to you in, this, in the word, right? I'm revealing a truth to you that I had and I thought through, prayed over, to, to bestow to you, you know, with a blessing today in a sermon. Here's this picture of Logos that God has something to say. Okay, if we picture Logos as the, as the word coming from God, here is God revealed. Okay, God is not some God that's aloof and, and hidden away and this deep mystery. Well, there, he's a deep mystery. But not to be discovered, God wants to reveal himself. Is In his nature wants to reveal himself. He does that through logos, through word, who we see as Jesus Christ. So imagine this picture. Are you guys with me? You tracking Okay. I'm not going to give you everything that goes on in my head. I'm just saying, because you guys would probably freak out or something. You know what I mean? You don't tell me everything with your words. You don't tell everyone everything, right? Here's the awesome thing about God, is that God has given us part of his word in the written word, scripture. But here's the picture of Christ as Logos. So not only does God want to reveal himself in written word, doesn't want to reveal himself in his movement throughout time, God's like, we need to give them Jesus. We need to, I need to be God incarnate in the flesh, Christ Jesus, the Son. So now he's not giving us, by the way, these limited thoughts, you know, well, they can't handle who I am, which we really can't. But God doesn't limit himself. He doesn't restrict himself from us. He has given us all access. And that all access is in the person of Jesus Christ, the word, logos. 
So here's this picture that God is all in with us, and we need to understand that the best way that he had was through Jesus, the word, and not just information. Okay, my words are giving you information. Christ is more than information. He's life, and we're going to get to that. Jesus is life. We get full access. We have full um, open door relationship access to God the Father through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so here's this picture of words giving from my mind, but a greater beautiful picture of God in Logos, Christ, revealing himself totally, giving us full access to who he is. And John 17, 3 says this, that this is allowing us God, or God is allowing us life eternal because of Christ. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we get to know the only true God because of his revelation to us, which the greatest of his revelation is Christ Jesus, Logos, word. And so are you getting a little bit of a picture of where John's wanting us to understand? Because listen, we can't be in this place. We can't sing these songs. We can't listen to the word. We cannot worship and have faith and believe in a God who is not completely revealing himself to us. And more importantly, a Christ and a savior who is not God. So let's take a look at that. It goes on to say the word was with God. Here's a very important distinction as we start getting into conversation about the Trinity that we discovered that in the beginning was the word. So before time existed, the word was there. So the word is eternal. Okay, Jesus is eternal. But he had existed with the closest possible connection with the Father, that he was with God The preposition with is a phrase that indicates both equality and distinction of identity along with association. Okay, so the word is eternal. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is with God. So they were together before creation. They were together, and and John tells us the very next phrase, because they are God. Uh, Jesus is God. The Father and the Son are, are equally God, yet distinct in person. Okay, the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. They are equally God. And then you throw in the Holy Spirit for the Trinity. And I I understand that this is super hard, and I'm not going to bring out the eggs or the boiled water to the steam, to like all of that stuff. Because here's the thing. I don't think we want to fully understand the Trinity because God is a mystery, but it is a beautiful mystery that we can never get enough of that we can never get to max level and be done with our faith. We have a lifetime to pursue God and pursue and understand who Jesus Christ is. So he's given us, John's given us this, this picture really of the truth that Jesus is God. Jesus is with God because they are distinct and separate from from one another. And Jesus is in, in the beginning with God And Jesus is God, but distinct from God. And to know that John is not just saying, hey, look, Jesus is some divine being, that Jesus has just kind of got a little God stuff going on. 
Um, really, he's just a man. No, John is saying he is God. He is fully God and fully man. He and the Father are together. He and the Father are one. And this concept, it, we've got to get a hold of this. We've got to understand this and, and to have at least a picture and faith and believing that that is what is going on. And throughout John, with Jesus as God, there he gives us many more examples, even throughout just the book of John. <clears throat> One is John five eighteen, says, This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So John uses that. John In John 10, <clears throat> a familiar passage, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So here's Christ's claim. We are one. Uh, I am one with the Father. We are, step, we are distinct from each other, but we are one God. John fourteen nine says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? When Jesus is like, I'm right here. You want to see God the Father? Look at Jesus. Look at the Son, because it is God revealed to us in the flesh. <clears throat> and then John 20, verses 27 and 28. Say, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Father seems so far off to us sometimes, doesn't he? Uh, we, we hear stories of Jesus. We get to sing songs. But to know, they, like they're one. And Jesus is telling Thomas, or Thomas is telling Jesus, my, my Lord and my God. He understands that he has seen God incarnate, fully God in front of him. And and that's a God who loves us and is pursuing us, a God that is all in with us. And others try to tweak this phrase, word was God. Uh, the Jehovah's Witness like to put A in front of it. The word was a God, you know, denying the deity of Christ, denying, denying that Christ is God. And you have to be careful saying the word was the God. Because if you say the word was the God, now you're saying that only the word is God, and now you've kind of pushed aside the Father and the Holy Spirit. So it, again, it gets really deep and crazy, and it's hard to understand. But John says the word was God. Jesus was God, period. And because of that, then the rest of this book, the rest, the, the book of John, the rest of this book, the rest of our faith and belief, it all hinges on Jesus as God, and the Father is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, three in one, uh, one being three distinct persons, and all of that hinges on what is coming up, and as we take a look at what, and go in, th in through John and see the work of Christ, uh, and we're going to see later on in the first chapter of this prologue that the word is light. And there are those who didn't understand the light. There are people who don't understand. There are people who give up on church saying, well, 
I can't understand the Trinity. It's all confusing. You know, I, I, there's too much that I've got to try to, to understand and memorize. No, it's all about a relationship. It's all about God revealing himself to us, giving us full access to himself through the incarnate Christ Savior who is ours, Jesus, uh, for us to understand. And John in verse 2 kind of repeats himself so that we, can, we get a little bit more of an understanding of what he's saying, that he was in the beginning with God, both for emphasis and to make sure that we're locked in, that Jesus was there before time, that Jesus created the world, that Jesus was there from the beginning and is God, and to understand that in that, and the revelation of himself to us in the flesh gives us access to God the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit because of Christ dying on the cross, because of sin. Okay, we messed up. Uh, God had all of this laid out, and we came in just like typical human beings and messed things up. And sin got into the world, and that separated that relationship with God. And the only way back to God was through Jesus and through his son that is God. And so if Christ isn't God, if our Savior is not God and is not the word, then we have no salvation. Okay, Jesus died for our sins. He could only do that as God. If he was man, then he just died for his own sins, whatever they accused him of. But Christ is God. Jesus is God. He died for our sins to be the perfect replacement the perfect sacrifice for our sins for the father because the father can't do anything have anything to do with us because of our sin it was jesus and his blood sacrifice for us that allowed us back into a right relationship with jesus or with god the father so to know that this our whole faith our whole belief in god hinges on this statement that in begin in the beginning was jesus Jesus was with God. Jesus is God. And through him, life, and we're going to, we won't hit it today, but life and light, our entire life depends on that. And our entire salvation depends on that. We can't have our faith and belief without Jesus as God. And so as we continue through this book, I pray that we just really take a hold of what these important pieces are, uh, these important things of what John is trying to give us a picture of who Jesus, or John is, now who Jesus is, for us to understand, not only for a statement of belief, yeah, I can say that, I'll put my hand up, no, live it out, live it out in our faith, live it out in our belief of who Jesus is, and it starts with him, us understanding he was more than just a man, he's God. Uh, and that in that pure, perfect life, in the amazing life and, and stories that we're going to look at, and miracles and signs are all pointing to Jesus and keeping our eyes focused on him for our life eternal and our life now, uh, that we have full faith and full belief in who Jesus is. Please pray with me. Father, as we kind of close our time of, of sermon down and as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper, Father, I pray for even just a sweeter experience with the Lord's Supper. I pray for an open 
uh, heart and mind to everyone in this room to truly understand the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, which we, we worship and we celebrate and, and we give you glory in, but to understand that he is God and that there is a great revealing of your love for us in Christ. Father, as we continue to hold on to that and continue to journey through this life with you, Father, I pray that you continue to speak to us. Father, if there's anyone in this room who doesn't truly understand what it means to be, uh, to be saved, to understand that you have provided your son, Jesus, to be our Lord and Savior, and what that means to have him be Lord of our life. <clears throat> Father, I pray for anyone in this room that doesn't understand that to come talk to me, to come talk to someone uh, so that they have a full assurance that you love them, that Jesus came to die for their sins, uh, to rise again to conquer sin and death, uh, to provide eternal life through his actions and through who he is as God, to provide an, an eternal life in heaven with you. Father, as we continue in this time of invitation, just speak to our hearts, uh, pierce our hearts with your truth and your love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.